Thank you for listening to this message from Waynesboro Free Methodist Church. Our mission is to multiply faithful followers of Jesus Christ. We hope this message helps you along your journey. Woo. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Oh, yeah, that sounds good. Uh, happy Father's Day. What a, what a great day. Um, all the men that have influenced a kid in any way, uh, I see your good deeds, and I appreciate what you do for kids. Um, a father is something that could be sometimes looked over, but uh, I think it's very crucial for a kid's life to have a father figure. And um, I even think about kids that uh, maybe not have um, kind of father figures in their life. What a blessing that we get the best father of all time that any kid can um, really have, and that's our Lord and Savior. Um, so, man, guys, I just love you so much. I love that I get to gather with you each week and just totally see what the Lord's going to do. Uh, we get to gather as a body of Christ and seek truth and find Jesus each week. You know, every time before I come in the door, I, I pray and wonder, man, I wonder what God's going to do today. I wonder how he's going to work. I wonder what he's going to allow me to witness. I wonder how he's going to move the spirit, who he's going to move. Because he's always working, even if you don't see it all the time. But uh, I'd also be lying if I said, I say that every week. Because sometimes my own flesh gets involved with my motivations on coming here. And it it makes me see this building and the people inside it differently. Um, So I just want to ask, why do you come here? Why do we come to this building? Do we come here because we have our own lives, just, just what we know? Do we come here so God can see us doing a good thing? Or do we come here so that the people can see us doing a good thing? And brothers and sisters, I have to seek forgiveness because I'm guilty of coming here for maybe the wrong reasons. In my, in my life of giving my life to Christ, I've on the way found certain beliefs and certain theology getting wrong and a disbelief and it's ultimately land getting a distorted heart. Uh, I was coming here and chasing and having an internal battle with myself where I found myself trying to please the people in the church so that they might see my good deeds and acknowledge that my faith in Christ is there. I was chasing acceptance from the people in church and instead of accepting that Jesus has already paid for my life with the blood that he shared. And the only thing he asked in return is that I believe that his word is perfect and true with all of my heart. So now I seek transformation in my heart and how God's will will be upon my life. And I know we've talked about transformation a lot with Scott's series, and today I'm going to talk about what it's like for me and how God has worked in my life. So we're going to be in 1 Peter uh, chapter 1. You go and get your Bibles out. Now I'll give you guys a heads up. We're going to be kind of jumping in 1 Peter a little bit, so um, I am going to be, you know, saying out loud, so if you don't feel like kind of jumping around, that's fine. So 1 Peter chapter 1, starting at verse 3. Born again into a living hope. Blessed be the God, our Father, our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you by God's power, and are being guarded through our faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than the gold that perishes though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. 
Now, let's be honest here. How many times have we skipped meeting with the Lord or coming to church because we felt like there was just too much going on? Or maybe we didn't feel like our best Christian self. And maybe we just didn't feel like a certain amount of holiness in our souls to come meet with the Lord at the time. I'll answer from myself by saying there's been times where it's like pulling teeth to come meet with the Lord or to come to church because I have this disbelief if if people see my hardships, see that I'm battling through something right now, that that's where my salvation and hope lies. And instead of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You know, me believing that I can't show people my hardships, I can't show that people that maybe I'm not having the best time with Jesus right now, that, that, that they can't see those things. That's a false belief. Because God doesn't want you to be a certain person before you come meet him. He wants you to come meet him so he can transform you into the person he wants you to be. Jesus was betrayed, slandered, rejected, suffered death so that our lives may be redirected and stored in heaven. And I love these verses 6 and 7 here. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith may be found in the result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. These trials he's talking about aren't here to diminish our faith or to, to just shove us in the muds like you're not good enough. It's here to crush out anything unholy in our hearts so that in the time when Jesus comes again, we might have genuine faith in him. And that instead of just sulking and being just, why did we didn't meet the Lord? We can be in acts of praise, glory, and honor before his throne for his glory. Jesus puts us, God puts us through trials to not hurt us, but to strengthen our faith in him. God knows his people were broken. He knows that we were all headed to a dark and bottomless pit. And he knew that through the, only through the ultimate sacrifice of his one and only perfect son that we may be saved and our eternal life may be stored in heaven. When life gets tough, our faith is being tried by the enemy. And the resurrection of Christ should be the one hope that pushes you forward. Any pain on earth will never measure up to an eternal life in heaven. When trials happen, don't let the death and resurrection of Christ be just a story to you. Make that the foundation. Make that the entire thing that pushes you forward in that trial. He is good. And he didn't suffer death just so we could tell a good story. He suffered death so that we can be above sin, so we can live a life free in the way that he wants us to live. Now that he lives, we get to live in this dark and painful world with the light of Jesus inside us. Born again into a living hope gives us the ability to truly witness and walk a life with Christ. That living hope is eternal. That living hope is something that no man or event on earth can ever take away. Living hope means we're given a gift of living each day knowing that our salvation is set in stone forever by believing in the death and resurrection of Christ. Because of this living hope, we get to enjoy an earnest love for people as well. A type of love that is only capable through God's grace. And he has the ability to stir spiritual waters in people's souls. But that's not always easy, is it? It's not, right? Yes, it's, it's, it's so good loving someone. There's something just good and holy about it. But what about when we're challenged to love when it's tough? What about when we're challenged to love when we're uncomfortable? Or when we're supposed to love when we don't know somebody? Or maybe when we were challenged to love somebody we might not even get along with. 
It's easy to love when it's easy. But Jesus challenges us to love even when it's tough. Because he knows that we can accomplish so much more when his grace is involved. And his grace gives us the ability to love earnestly. So moving on to 1 Peter chapter 1, moving down to verse 22 and 23, I think there's a beautiful example of loving earnestly. Having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth for sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly from a pure heart, since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and abiding word of God. Before I had this transformation, I was born again. Uh, my love for people was very cheap and perishable. Yes, I would love them. I would uh, give them, you know, words of love and actions of love. I would give them a hand when needed. I would be the light to them. Uh, but now I see my reasonings and foundation for love was very distorted. Was I loving them because they needed love? Or was I loving them to boost my self-value as a person? To show that I'm a lover. This guy's a lover. And that's why I do it. And you know what? This was an extremely hard thing to admit. It was very daunting to admit that. And I'll tell you what, it was even harder to ask for repentance of it as well. Because asking and admitting that I was loving for the wrong reason is an exact and direct attack to my flesh. And they don't really like being attacked too much. So this is something I had to bring to the Lord, and it wasn't easy, but it was needed. Because even though people were feeling love, and you might ask, well, Austin, they're, they're feeling love. If they feel the warmth of your love, isn't that all that matters? The answer is no, and I'll tell you why. And I love this verse, what we just read. Not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and abiding word of God. I think about a sunflower, how dependent it is on the sun. It's literally sunflower. It needs the sun. <laughs> Now, I think about what if we took that sunflower and tried to, to make it grow by our will? So now think about taking that sunflower that's so dependent on the sun, and you kind of just shove it in a dark closet, close the door with zero sunlight. Yeah, you can water it, you can nourish it. Sure, you might see a little, a little plant sprout out. It might live for a little while. But until you put that plant into the one resource it needs to fully grow and to have its full potential and have a full life, that sunflower will die and crumble because it's losing the one thing that it needs to fully grow. And the same goes for a perishable love. If our foundation to love people is for our self-benefit and not because God is using us to love his people through us, your love will crumble. You can't provide God's love through your will. Trust me, I've tried, failed miserably, trust me. Because I tell you, we aren't called to only love our brothers and sisters and our close ones. We're also called to love the unjust as well. I heard some deep breaths on that one. There's a perfect example of this in chapter 2, starting at verse 18. And this is a little bit lengthy of a passage here, but I think it's all good here. So I'm going to read the whole thing. So strap in here. Servants, be subject to your masters with all respect. Not only to the good and gentle, but also to the unjust. For this is a gracious thing when mindful of God, one endures sorrows while suffering unjustly. For what credit is if when you sin and are beaten for it, you endure? But of this you have been called, 
Because Christ has also suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you might follow in his steps. He committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, so that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By whose wounds you have been healed. For you were straying like sheep, but have now returned to a shepherd and overseer of our souls. That's, uh, you know, that's one of the scriptures that's kind of impossible to add to because of the richness of it. Um, but what I'm going to do is give you an example of how that's affected in my life. Uh, a few months ago, I, I received a text from a friend of mine, and uh, there was some miscommunication about a certain thing, and it uh, ultimately landed, he was very angry at me, but I was super confused because I knew my side of the story. I knew it to be true, so I, was, I couldn't figure out why he was so mad at me. Well, the next thing I know, I had a series of texts that had strong language, and I was being cursed at. My name was being dragged through the mud. Uh, he wanted my value and self-worth to be none because of this certain thing that happened. And I was so confused. But I thank God to this day that I read this passage before that happened because he prepared me for that. Because this is the moment where I decide. This is the moment where I decide where my foundation is built from. And trust me, there is plenty of temptation to yell back with just as much hate, to prove that my side is right, to say that he's wrong, that I'm a good person. <laughs> but in all honesty, it doesn't really matter what my side is. It doesn't matter that I prove myself to him because I don't hold my value in his eyes. I hold my value in God's eyes and how he views me. So it doesn't matter what my side is. All that matters is that I love him. Why? Because God loved me so many times when I didn't deserve it. Jesus was perfect in every way, but yet still endured much pain and sorrow for an unjust sinner like me. Jesus sacrificed his life so that my sins may die and I start to live in righteousness. And because my life is now his, because of the times he showed me what his love looks like, and because I've been born again through Christ, I now have the daunting task to love others even when the world tells me they don't deserve it. <sighs> the truth of love is that we don't get to determine who's allowed to receive God's love. Because in all honesty, we don't deserve it in the first place ourselves. But God gives us the value and worth to receive his love if we just believe in him with all our heart. Think about all the sin that you've done. I'm not trying to hate on you guys or like, you know, you are a sinner. I'm not trying to do that. But think about all the wrong that you've done in life. And think about if you truly deserve the love from God. Because I think about my own life, I wouldn't say I deserve God's love. But yet he loves me so much that he sees all the sin that I've done and he still, you can still receive my love if you believe in me. That is true love. That is true love. 
Think about the worst thing that could possibly happen to you. Think about someone doing that to you, but yet you still love them. That's nothing that any human can produce. That's only God that can produce that kind of love. So we don't get to determine who God loves. We get the job and the gift to love whoever God wants us to love through us for his glory and not ours. You know, I think about that, uh, that classic phrase, the truth will set you free. And I think people usually use it like when they think someone's lying to them or something. <laughs> <laughs> but after this transformation, I've been kind of viewing that a lot differently. The truth will set you free. But what, what are we being set free from, right? I'm not on trial. I'm not in jail. I don't think I'm lying to anybody right now. I'm sure not being deceitful. What am I being set free from? What about being set free from ourselves? What about seeking truth on how we can be above sin? How about seeking truth to finally get rid of these disbeliefs about ourselves that ultimately hurt ourselves in the long run? The truth is God's word is perfect. And I'm seeking how he wants me to live this life. Not by my will, but by his. Because my will will only sink me in deeper in my own sin and my disbelief about myself. I don't know about you, but I am tired of drowning in sin. I'm tired of walking like a lost sheep without a shepherd. I'm tired of battling hardships alone. I'm tired of falling back in the same old habits time and time and again. I'm tired of letting the gospel be just a story in my life. And instead of the entire foundation and reasoning for living. I am seeking to be set free from myself. Because myself has hurt myself. Myself has hurt myself so many times without even me knowing it. So how do, we, how do we be set free? How do we do it? Well, the first thing is transformation. You have to be transformed to be set free. Because yes, the truth will set you free. But God is truth himself. You can't have transformation without truth. And you can't have truth without seeking the one that is truth himself. The the truth will set you free. God will set you free from your own sin. There's been many of times where I try to show myself as a, a great believer in Christ in front of people. And at the end of the day, when I go home and the and the blinds are closed, I don't feel any better because I'm sinking in my own sin, because I'm trying to do God's job for him. When really I'm just supposed to be a servant to him, a servant to the kingdom of God. And that's the daunting task of giving ourselves up so that God can transform us. Seeking truth so that God can make us new. Because your will will only sink you deeper into sin. But his love and mercy is the one thing that's going to transform you into something new. You know, we were uh, just finishing up with Vacation Bible School. And um, the, verse, the verse of the week was Jeremiah 29, 13. 
And it's, you will seek me and find me when you seek me and search for me with all your heart. And uh, as I was getting ready for the sermon, I heard these kids singing this day in, day out, and I was like, yeah, that's true. That's what's up. That's good. All right, I'll use that now. Would you say, Allison? You see? <laughs> but that's, uh, that's, that's the one thing, right? You will seek me and find me. That's the promise. When you search for me, I will be there. But the second part in that verse, it's up to us. When you search with me with all your heart. You can't have a full-time transformation with a half-time commitment to God. That's tough. Yeah, I'll come on Sundays. Yeah, yeah, I'll be there. But what does your Wednesday look like? What does your Thursday look like? Are you praising God? Are you giving your life to God on a Tuesday? That's tough. But it's also needed. Sometimes everything, sometimes everything that God does for us isn't always easy. Like loving people when it's tough. But he knows through that, through his grace, through the transformation in his name, that's where we find freedom. That's where we find eternal life in him. Not our will. So you will seek me and find me when you search with me with all your heart. We hope this message helps you multiply faithful followers of Jesus Christ. For more information about our church, please visit waynesboroughfm.com.